What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolden. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Uh, It's Pete and I here today with a dear friend, Dr. Clifton Cameron. Uh, Clifton and I had a chance to meet each other face-to-face at the Invisalign faculty meeting back in Miami pre-coronavirus, the long, long time ago, like four (laughs) or six weeks ago when the world was not running out buying toilet paper and all that crap. Right? Was that what it was? Like, just imagine we're actually shaking hands. I mean, it feels like another era. Dude, we had a summit two weeks ago that probably wouldn't have happened now, Craig. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So true. Yeah, you guys were lucky. Yeah. We literally missed it by like days. Well, the, the crazy thing is I just heard this morning, um, I don't know, you know, this might be lagging by by the time this gets out to all you folks, maybe a couple of days to a week. But this morning I heard there was a congressional meeting, um, a coronavirus committee that had to cancel the meeting because of coronavirus. <laughs> of irony. So uh, Zoom stock is flying. We are actually recording from Zoom. This is the way we're all going to, we're going to go to dinner via Zoom soon. Exactly. Imagine, you could have like 18 people at dinner, like the Brady Bunch squares. <laughs> Where do you want to eat? It doesn't really matter. We're all going to eat our own shit. Uh, but anyway, Cliff, it's really good to have you here. Um, what, we, we were at the uh, um, Align Faculty Summit. Um, you've been um, part of the faculty for what? How, how many years, Clifton? Probably, let's see, three and a half, four years, something like that. But, so I didn't, I didn't realize who, I always knew Carolina's dentist. I always knew this There we guy. go. That's, get into the big, like that's the, oh, like no, everyone's. No, Pete's so like, he's like, don't, I don't want to talk about the Invisalign. No one wants to talk about Invisalign. I want to hear that's, about that's, that's Carolina's. I wish we had polling right now and just shut you down. Like to see us <laughs> polling. All right. Well, but you know, we all, we, we all have heard about Carolina's dentist and I just didn't put two and two together. So I just was bonding with you. You're a nice guy. We had a lot of fun things to talk Clifton, about. you're the principal of, right? Like you found yeah. it or you did? You got okay. it. So you yeah. found founder, it. So all that. Yep. You got Carolina's it. dentist. Can you give a, can you give a, the listeners who people who don't know about you? Cause you're obviously a monster in the industry. And so can you give yeah. some scope to what you've done or created? I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been fun. So about, you know, six years ago, me and a buddy, Eric Roman, uh, co-founded Carolina's dentist in North Carolina and a little, small metropolis south of Raleigh called Fayetteville. And very quickly we grew one, two, three, we got up to seven locations and we got all the way up actually to 17 locations in North Carolina. And for us, you know, it, it was, it was really founded on those principles. Hey, what are our core values Establish this? And it was also founded on what we knew, what we did not want to do. Mm-hmm. And that was really clear based on, you know, we came out in the 08 financial meltdown, similar to the stock market right now, uh, what's going on with coronavirus. And we actually joined up with a, you know, very traditional corporate-based DSO. We learned so many good things, but we left a lot of those kind of things that we could bend the walls of the corporate box, but we couldn't totally break through. And some of those things, most importantly, were, tr- were a true partnership and ownership program built for our dental leaders. And so we left that behind, kind of shouldered on a ton of debt and came out just gun slinging and, you know, took a ton of risk, very cavalier in the marketplace. And um, by the grace of God, it worked out. So what, here we are. <laughs> so many questions right here, Craig. Can I, yeah. I, I got to jump into this. All right. So you went from seven 
Mm-hmm. So when did, when did you get out of school? So finished, uh, finished up at VCU in 08, did a one-year residency, and then, um, well, I'm sorry, finished at VCU 07, and 08 residency, and out associate, rocking and rolling in 08. Oh, oh my okay. God. I love the timeline, brother. The fact that this was just six years ago. Is this it's hard when you, you, by the way, Pete, when you listen to this stuff, it's hard not to think of even like what you've created or what I've created and be like, what the fuck are we doing, man? Yeah, it was like, a joke. We've been, a joke, like, we've been right? snoozing. We've been so, feet in molasses. <laughs> yeah. So it's just interesting because we got people that are listening to this, like just thinking about opening their first practice or maybe just struggling to keep one open. It's yeah. your, and, and then Clifton's probably got people like, damn, I'm the small fry. You, you know, he's me, he's hobnobbing what you were supposed to be at ADSO right now. Right. Yeah. You know, and how, how many locations are you at now, Clifton? So, yeah. So we just actually partnered with a group up in Virginia. So 17 in North Carolina, and then we added 25 in Virginia. Um, we actually uh, brought on some outside investment group called Alpine Investors out of San Fran, which has just been phenomenal to work with. So overnight we're we're now at 42 and you know i love you was that um, just an emmet was that a merger or an acquisition that was merger yeah okay. yeah and so the the cool thing that with that is 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 like i love y'all's analogy on one of the uh, previous podcasts about kind of this dso changing landscape and the hotel analogy mm-hmm. whereas 10 years ago right there was it was like the holiday inn and the ramada and all that and now you know we're starting to see docs starting to start to look and say wait a second all right things are moving this way but what are some of the things that have to be true for me to take this leap? Um, and really quickly, that story, you know, for me, again, I've been in North Carolina going through a two-year process with regulatory approval, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of attorney fees, but again, just really committed to that vision to, 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 just, to just build this program for our doctors to where our doctors, including me, we're all invested at the same level as our investment backer. But the coolest thing was when I met Alpine for, for the first time over a year and a half ago, um, we actually went out to San Fran, I'm sitting there, and it was actually at one of their growth summits. And, you know, they have like 16, 20 portfolio companies at, at the time, and they throw everybody into tracks. So I'm in the founder's track. And I roll in there and I'm sitting there and it's like the founder of, you know, some legal zoom software and some dermatology and some whatever, right? All these tech firms out, out there in San Fran. And I'm just like, totally, totally in all. And sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm the total new guy. We haven't even done our deal yet, but yet they just threw me in a room with 20 founders and I raised my hand and I'm like, Hey, I'm, I know I'm the new guy, but where's the, where's the Alpine moderator? Is someone going to come in and kind of watch what we're talking about and what we're doing? And they're like, nah, dude, totally cool. Like what you see is what you get. Cause I'm fearful of when's the shoe going to drop? When are you going to tell me what to do? Who's going to call me there a little bitch, right? You know, and none of that was there. And so I knew at that point that they were my partner moving forward. It, it just took incredibly long to get to that point. It's incredible. I, I think it's really important to talk about because we just got done with our summit a uh, week and a half ago. And there's just a lot of comparison in dentistry and com- comparison in humanity. So, you know, here you are, 42 locations, hats off to you, you're crushing it. Go to the ADSO, go to the Alpine Founders meeting. And like, all of a sudden you're like, what the hell am I doing in my life? Yeah, yeah. Like you can oftentimes walk out of there. You're, you're meeting with the founder of whatever legal zoom and all these things right. are like, Oh, you got a cute little, Oh, a couple dental offices. What do you do? Clifton, you clean teeth? Like, uh, no, well, I, you know, and so no matter where you are, you're always kind of in the middle, 
you're like yeah, looking exactly. up at the big dogs and you're looking, yeah. you know, to other guys. So I think it's important. Yeah, and I think for, you know, the question I get a lot is, um, is why, you know, why now, what are you doing? Why not continue forward? And, you know, very quickly, I think I recognized um, one with my original partner, Eric, who's an absolute genius. You know, he and I were co-founders, visionary integrator. We operate on the EOS platform and, you know, who's the visionary and who's the integrator? Sorry. Yeah, no. So, so he was actually the original visionary and I was the integrator. And then we actually kind of flipped roles here uh, uh, recently took, you know, a lot of counseling and a lot of medication to get through all of that. But (laughs) We're fine now. We're fine now. now. But, um, you know, he and I are still great partners, but our end goals were divergent. So he wanted to move into software. I wanted to continue to lead and develop people and ultimately keep this vision going and truly transform the marketplace with this opportunity for younger dentists or even existing dentists with, you know, just amazing practices to come in and say, wow, we can change this whole thing together, but also create some really unique wealth vehicles um, for everybody to continue to ride this thing forward. Um, I want to, I want to pull back just a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I, cause I want to give some more, um, I want to give some more context. So you graduated in 08. Did you yeah. all in, in, when you were in school, Right. Cause I've known people like this. I actually have a partner who said, I'm going to go to dental school because I know that's the way, that's the only way I can get into this industry and scale really quick. Or were you like, I'm, I'm going to go to dental school and I'm going to be a dentist. And then something in your life happened where you it flipped that entrepreneurial switch. Like, can you give me, give me some mindset of where you were? Oh, oh wait. Oh wait. Yeah. Um, good perspective. So probably um, best story. My grandfather he passed about five years ago. So he was in North Carolina, multi-location, wholesale plumbing supply business, trucking business, both ends of the state, was always, you know, an incredible mentor of mine. Uh, my father, you know, jumped into that same business, took it to, to new levels. And so I think I've got multi-location in my DNA. Okay. So I, I, I grew up with it. Um, so that entrepreneurial spirit has always been there. And then my grandfather, he always had this little sign on his desk when you, whenever you would walk in, if you were a salesperson, you would actually have to look at it. And I love it because it kind of sums it up, but it basically says you might be smarter than me, but you're not smarter than my entire team. And so that instilled that. in me, that instilled in me that like, dude, like, like you, you're a dentist, right? Like you're, you're a dentist. You don't know. I mean, I suck at Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. I can throw a budget together, but you know, the business acumen that we're all, you know, that's all around us, right? Just have those resources, be resourceful, tap into those resources. And so that's in 08, that's what we were trying to do. Right. Um, very quickly, we grew, um, you know, in that group that we were with um, to the quickest and fastest growing free practices. Out but of did you start that like coming out of the gates where you, did you do a de novo right at school? De novos with that original right at school group, with yeah. your partner. So you basically yeah. found someone, right. Okay. What yeah. was it? What was his name? Eric Roman. And Eric, was sorry. he a dentist, by the way? Yep. Yep. Cool. Yep. So way, you and Aaron, I had to tell you this. I have the same sign in my office. Oh, all... yes. There it is. <laughs> so it's on a loose site uh, that was so bought for me. There it is, yeah. baby. Awesome. What are the yeah. chances? That yeah, is... what are the chances I had to get up and get it? It's literally on, the, on my mantle over there. Dude, that is amazing. Like, that is, that, that is such a staple quote. Like, I love it. That's that you need that on your desk there, Clifton, for your legacy standpoint, right? Seriously, like where is it? Craig, yeah. we're gonna send we're gonna send it to you. Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> say my it has my logo on it, but you can you can make it work. Hell yeah, no, dude, hell yeah that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so you guys um three de novos right out the gate, which is pretty aggressive. Um but obviously you you uh, meaning a lot of people nowadays I hear it's like 
they're tiptoeing in. Should I even do a startup? Should I even do an acquisition? Should I just work for someone? Right. But for someone to be like guns blazing right out of school, Hey, let's just do three and see what happens kind of thing. I think that's remarkable. And obviously fortune rewards the bulb and, and, um, and obviously it's worked out really well for you. You also took advantage of a great time. Like everyone thinks that economic crisis 2008 is like, Oh, hunker down. I expanded in that time period too, because it's really, a, a, you know, an opportune time when, when people are running their, they drop things, right. I always Correct. say. And yeah. so it's a good opportunity to kind of capitalize on, on, on being bold. And so you did that. Yep. Um, okay. So walk us through. So then in year 2008, you did, so then how did you get to seven and what timeline? Yeah. So there's, um, there's a period of failure in there and control alt delete. So coming out of that original, um, corporate group, uh, there were some regulatory pressures inside the state mm-hmm. that we were wondering what in the hell is going on? Like what, why, why, why is everyone, you know, I was that guy in my hometown, like, Oh my gosh, like, why are you open seven to seven? We, we were the first people open 7am to 7pm. We were the first people open on Saturdays and the regulatory pressure with this, this, this corporate group in the state of North Carolina led to some challenges and actually some management agreements that had to be because you guys are anti-DSO. North Carolina was anti yeah. or still is anti-DSO, correct? Yeah, Reg- okay. regulatory is, you know, just the way the laws are set up, the Dental Practice Act, it's, it's very, very difficult um, not only to operate, but then, yeah, or sorry, to get approved, but then to operate. So that's the, you know, the genesis of our creative structure. But, mm-hmm. you know, with the one that we were with, um, it was, you know, it was tough. And I mean, it was, I mean, I'll never forget, we were, we were in mediations one evening. We started at... Uh, we started at 7 a.m. We got to midnight the fu- you know, that that night, still nothing. Like we were just ultimately just trying to get our money back, basically. Mediations and, with whom? I'm sorry. Yeah, mediations with the former group that we were with. So oh, okay. essentially with those three de novos, we actually stopped right there. Ah. Um, and then so that was, let's see, that was 08. We started. And then when we were going through this mediation and trying to get out of what we had created, Uh um, that was 2013. So now we're sitting there in mediations for 12 hours, nothing. 24 hours later, 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. the following day, we walk out. No way. With our money back, with our dental licenses. And we're like, what are we going to do now? Here we go. No kidding. So you had your three. You had a 24-hour mediation? Yes, in a 14th floor of a building in Raleigh, North Carolina. I mean, it was... It, it was, was literally crazy. no one's leaving this room until this shit gets settled comment. Oh, yeah. What did the mediator do? Did the mediator, like, did you have to, like, call on a sub? He said, I'm going <laughs> to get paid 24 hours straight is what he so, said. You want to talk about poor planning. So not that, I mean, just in the just in the light of, like, this whole virus thing. So, of course, I didn't plan. So, of course, I have patience at 7 a.m. So I'm calling my assistant God. and I'm like, hey, I'm coming. I'm going to be about an hour late roll in, operate a 12 hour day, go home, crash, wake up the next day. I've got three young kids. Sure enough, they had been at daycare. I got hammered with hand, foot and mouth. Disease. Oh, that's like a cocksacky virus. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm like, am I four? Like what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what you know what it was? You four? didn't change your diaper the whole time. Exactly. That's what it was. Exactly. Yeah. So laying in bed, absolutely dying in pain because I couldn't eat. I lost like 12 pounds. Um, I had about three days to reflect on what happened and then, you know, really get committed and dive in and say, all right, this is what just happened. Take the positive out of this experience. I mean, it definitely wasn't that point of like rock bottom, but it was that point of we have got to jump on this and totally crush it. So as a result of everything that happened, 
we overnight had to open three practices because ultimately we knew that, you know, it was our reputation. It, it was our patient population. We had patients that wanted to move over with us. And so we took advantage of that opportunity and built Carol and built Carolina's dentist. Of course, we had already established the brand and kind of everything that we wanted to do. Um, and the, I think the greatest compliment is establishing that culture, who we are a hundred percent, not by, not by solicitation, but a hundred percent of the doctors that were working with us at the time were like, dude, we're with you. And it was such a great compliment. And it was that moment that I recognized, you know what, this ain't about me, right? The arrows had been pointing in for those first four to five years because I was a grinder, right? I was that guy. I was trying to pay off student debt. I was trying to do this. I bought a house. I got married. I had kids, all this stuff. And then I was like, all right, laying in bed in that one moment, I was like, nope, arrows are pointing out, baby. It ain't about me. It's a bigger, it's, it's, this is a, this is a bigger mission. This is a bigger purpose. So it was it at that point you're like, all right, screw it. Let's burn the boats. Like this is, I've got, okay. So you that was, and see, it's just amazing. Like you, you have these crises in your life and then you look yeah. back and you're like, that was the silver lining. Like that exactly. was the, that was the turning point where you actually like, you know, and you can, for whatever you can believe about divine intervention, but I think God puts something in your plate. Sometimes it makes you like reflect and be like, where am I going? And if it hadn't been for you getting sick, you probably just kept churning, right? Yeah. You probably, I mean, I don't know this. I'm just kind of right. like yeah, yeah, hypothesizing, yeah. but yeah, you probably right. would have been just kept churning and gone the next day and churn, 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 and like tried to hustle your way. But you had to sit and reflect and reposition your GPS for where you wanted to go, which you got it. Dig that. I like this. Yeah. Story. Well, you got a well-worn path and you just go down that path and something happens. I mean, I remember we had a podcast guest. I think it might've been Scott Luna. I, I can't remember if it was him or not, but he broke his hand or did something, you know, there's yeah. always some sort of precipitating event, like some mm -hmm. sort of disruption because yeah. I mean, you need a certain level of pain to go deep inside and you need something to disrupt your daily focus. You got I it. mean, the worst thing that can happen to you sometimes is nothing happens and that's yeah. pretty bad. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> so yeah. Clifton, you got to 17, obviously mm -hmm. I'm going to, we're going to fast forward here a little bit, yeah. but you got to 17. Did you fund, did you and your partner fund that? Like, did you bootstrap and, and take loans and fund that, that expansion on your own? Or did you already have some, some private equity? No. Yeah. That was all a combination of SBA, traditional lending, you know, literally, yeah. Bootstrap wow. finding everything. And so that's clearly, we had reached our ceiling of complexity when it comes to what we could do. The banks were like, please. You're leveraged no at that point, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, for those of you who don't like, know that, I know this sometimes yeah. we have a young, you know, we have a lot of, we actually, we have listenership across the board, but for, but I think it's, I think we need to point out that like at some points, to the younger listeners at some points banks say hey you know what you, you've had enough you've had enough thanks right yeah. you're you're a little bit too risky you're a little bit over leveraged and usually that happens in my experience has been around the five million dollar mark uh from a personal guarantee standpoint you got it yep. um and then you have to go into a different level which is right like a commercial lending which which um which banks will let you do if you can prove that you've done and, and i've kind of transitioned to that myself but it's yep. very you know, it's, it's a scary time because you start thinking like, holy cow, like, you know, if we have a coronavirus, if we have a, you know, 2008, like what's going to happen because I'm over leveraged. You got oh, it. Not, yeah. Maybe not over leveraged, but you've got a big lever, let's just say. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, as long as everything's moving forward, the machine's Correct. moving, it's fine, but the machine has a little hiccup. Things yeah. get tight. Exactly. And we had a couple of hiccups early on in those first three years from you know, 2014 to 17, there were those, you know, the plight of the entrepreneur, right? Those days where you're sitting there lo looking at that payroll expense and you're like, uh-oh, you know, uh, the VA didn't release, you know, yeah. the checks for the VA patients or the insurance companies are batching payments or something. And, 
you know, you skip a check or two in a row. And next thing you know, your wife looks at you and you're like, uh, sorry, you know, ramen noodles tonight, hon. Hang in there. <laughs> and that's, you know, I'm glad you bring this up, Clifton, because it's so much. People see you now and they think, oh, God, I wanted his life. But, you know, and I want where he is and all this stuff. But they forget. Like, I was actually talking to my daughter on the way to school the other day. I was like, Amzie, she said something about employees versus owning. And I said, you know how many times I've gone without, quote unquote, a paycheck? Yeah. You know, and a lot of times, like it's scary, yeah, like exactly. not for one month or two months, for six months sometimes, right? Yeah, and exactly. it is the plight of it. And then sometimes you do get the big paycheck, right? And then so it's, right. it's, it's ups and downs and woes. And she said, well, why don't you just, you know, that doesn't seem very safe. You could have, and I was like, yeah, if I want to save, <laughs> right? Like, anyway, the, the point was, I, I definitely, uh, I, it's good to hear someone of your stature that you have your, you have your bruises and you've, and you've had right. those ramen noodle nights because I think some, we, we forget in this Instagram, Instagram world where everything looks perfect um, all the time, you know, we don't reflect on the fact that look at what it took to get here, right? Yeah. You didn't land on top of the mountain is my point is you climbed there and, and you had a lot of ramen noodles on the way up. You got it. That's like one of my, one of my uh, mentors said this, but he was like, you know, his point was, he was like, character is the ability to make that worthwhile commitment mm -hmm. once the emotion of making the commitment is passed. You know, so it's like, you know, it was great laying in bed, like coming up, getting healthy, all that kind of stuff after a week of, mm -hmm. you know, sitting there wondering why, why I'm an infant and be like, I got this, like fired up and good to go. But you hit that first hurdle and that second hurdle and all that. But I mean, that's a true test of your character to say, hey, you know, you're committed to the vision. You're, 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 you're committing to you know, solving the big problems in dentistry with partnership and reimbursement and retirement and all those things. Now, what is the true path forward? Like, because you've got to stick with it because it's not all rainbows and fairy tales. That's for sure. Finally, the Bulletproof Practice Book is out on Amazon. Craig and I have distilled down our experiences in dentistry over the past 20 years in our true to form, unfiltered fashion that y'all have come to expect from our podcast. We talk about our victories and our bruises, and it's 132 pages of vision, leadership, marketing, and even just life as a dentist, and it's meant to entertain you. So we hope you'll support us and grab a copy on Amazon today. Thanks, friends. I think the biggest thing that you <clears throat> stumbled upon in, in the uh, what would fuel your growth, uh, of course, you have intestinal fortitude and you, and you powered through it, but what you said, the um, arrows pointing inward and outward if you have a big enough reason why you can accomplish anything. And I think the reason why we run out of fuel and many times is we, we make it about ourselves. And when it's about yourself, it's easy to quit. It's easy to say, oh, you know, screw this. It's just getting yeah. too much. I can't handle it. Let me go do this. When you have a bigger reason than the, and the, and the fact that your arrows are pointing outward and you're doing it for other people, it gave you the power to say, this is not just about me. I'm, I have a mission. It's a greater than the, the, the position that I've been put in charge of. So I, I think that's huge. Wait, and I think people I gloss over said, that. Yeah. I remember when you said that at faculty meeting and uh, Dr. Rick Mars took that mission over permission uh, position to a, to a, to another level that we'll leave. Yeah. Let me, let me just kind of talk about that for a second. We, we were in this faculty meeting and um, everybody's talking about, and there's hygienists and dentists. It was a breakout session of RDHs and docs. And we're trying to figure out like how to get hygienists to do more scanning. And everybody's kind of, even the hygienists or someone was like, one of the hygienists was doing this thing with her head, like the TR, like, I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, She's like, exactly. I'm like, what does that mean? They, and uh, if, for those of you that are just listening and not viewing us, she was kind of pushing like with her hands, like, like a halo around her head. I'm like, what does that mean? And she goes, you know, hygienists have their tiara on. We don't want to upset the, the princesses. And it was a really interesting dialogue because these are the faculty members that are teaching other docs and these, we're the faculty. 
So we, we brought up this, you know, when, when a hygienist and when a person knows their mission um, versus just their job or their position, life is a little bit more rewarding. And yep. that's exactly, you know, if, you're, if your mission as a hygienist is to, you know, take the derivatives care of a patient and have them invest in their oral health, you'll be able to do much more than if it's just like, I'm here to just scrub teeth or be a gum gardeness yep. whatever. Yeah. So I think, I think, I mean, we, we talked about that, but I think it's just really important that you had that revelation. That's what, that's what I think. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. Because that's what you're right. That is what's going to fuel you. If it's, if it's just these artificial, like Craig said in our summit, like if it's just about bottles and models, like that's not sustainable as a mission. Um, I didn't give much context to that bottles and models, but you know what I'm saying? Like some people are hustling to get to the beach to sit there or to get to buy a yacht so they can, you know, like it's, 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 those uh, are shitty goals. Those are shitty goals goals. and they're not sustainable and they don't last when, when life shoots the arrows at you. Right. Correct. And they're never so so Clifton, what's your, like now that you're on this post um, merger, you know, merger, you got 42. What's your, what's your new mission? Like, do you have, uh, uh, an idea and a consolidated uh, Ooh, and just a statement. Wait, wait, hold on. I just Stay, can hear. we put a pin in that for a second? Because okay. we're getting through the evolution, right? I'm trying to draw the storyline. But I want to see what's driving him now. As, as I listen to his story, I want to know what's driving him now. Because obviously it's different. There's no ramen noodles right now, I would Correct. imagine. Correct. Yeah. No more ramen. Definitely uh, stepped up to macaroni and cheese. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> a- Annie's macaroni and cheese. This, this podcast yeah, exactly. brought to you by... But no, yeah. So, so, so I think again, um, partnering up to to bust through that financial feeling. Certainly, I wanted con- to continue the growth. But really, the mission now is, you know, John Maxwell says everything rises and falls on leadership. So, for me, it's it's actually creating um, some really unique learning management systems and leadership development stuff for our young docs coming into an organization that is, you know, built a around the wow patient experience with all the, you know, Iteras and Cerex and prime scans and prime mills. And, you know, so, so we have all those, those like bells and whistles, but ultimately my mission now is to build confidence inside um, just a badass group of doctors that ultimately can do everything for their patients and really impact our goal is to impact 500,000 lives annually inside the state of North Carolina. Um, and that's where we want to be in a, you know, we have a, we have a seven year target to be able to do that. To me, that's really putting our fingerprint and really solidifying our collective legacy in the state. Uh, but the only way we're going to do it is by building great leaders inside this organization. It's not necessarily clinicians. The clinician thing will happen. I mean, we, we throw $12,000 worth of annual CE at our young docs that come in, they move into partnership. Um, we drop that down a little bit just because partners take more of that leadership type um, role. But, you know, the, to me, the clinician thing will happen over time. That, I mean, that, that just happens over reps, right? 10,000 hours, right? You know, so, right. but if we don't focus on that leadership development piece, we're, that's, I think, where we're swinging and missing. Hmm. Interesting. I love that. I, do I love, love John that. Maxwell yeah, too. Fun. Servant leadership. I love that stuff. Yeah. So why did you guys decide at what, so you got to 17 by yourself right? And then you said, we want more, or there's more left, or, you know, so you decided at that point then to join with the private equity. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Correct. Why, tell, tell me, tell me the logic of why, why you did that, because you've gotten like, why wasn't 17 just like, cool, let's just do this and ride this and like cash flow and love and be great. Right. Yep. Like, so tell me, of- tell me what your, tell me what your thought process was at this point. Yeah. So, you know, 
honestly, you know, seeing, seeing, seeing the changing landscape, you know, that's, um, you guys, you guys did a great job and watching and li listening to you guys, um, of really recognizing like, Hey, the landscape's changing. Like what is, what, what is on the horizon? Um, and so we started looking around and, and really the impetus behind it was the fact, like I already mentioned, Eric and I's goals started to become divergent and he and I kind of take lives, take our lives in five year chunks. And so we were coming up on that, on that, on that fifth year. And we were like, Hey, like, this is where I want to go with my family. This is where I want to go with my family. Um, and they're not in the same spot. And mm -hmm. so at that point it wasn't, it could have led to a failed, you know, a failed partnership or, you know, another repeat of what we went through five years ago, but instead we actually got intentional with it. We laid out what, and as, as, as we do every year, we lay out our top three personal, professional and financial goals. And so once we said that, we we're like, all right, well, our path is laid out before us. Now let's take those cards, that handout that was dealt and let's be resourceful and find the best resources. Mm -hmm. And so once I found Alpine, the cool thing was, is they actually already had a dental portfolio up in Virginia. And that uh, portfolio is called Lightwave Dental. And so Lightwave up in Virginia um, has taken a different approach, but they've taken a very cool approach as well. Um, their approach has been the acquisition game. So they've been essentially saying, okay, here's a group of, again, amazing clinicians. And the cool thing was, so I went to VCU and this is why this is all providential. So I'm like, all right, hold on. I love Alpine, but I really have to, you know, I've got to vet this group up, up in Virginia because I don't want, you know, last thing we want to do is shoulder up with a bunch of hacks or something up there, right? Mm -hmm. And I roll up to Virginia and it's, you know, my former professors, the former president of the Virginia Dental Association, high technology, booming practices. And so all of a sudden it became, it switched for me. I was like, wait a second, there are two sides to this coin. There's the de novo approach, there's the leadership development, there's, there's walking associates into building confidence and you know one million to two million dollar producers but there's also the fact that there are a lot of best practices that are locked up on the sideline that i think if we put a little spark in there that all of a sudden we could start sharing these best practices and kind of cross-pollinating between the two states and 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 the two organizations so I got really excited about that. And, and that's kind of this new mission is to say, hey, how can we process this out? How, how can we lay this out? How can we take the Carolina Senate's playbook, throw fuel on the fire? Because I know one thing, we are not perfect. We screw up every single day. And now I've got resources and business acumen um, and people committed to the same vision up in Virginia that are supporting us just as we're supporting them. That's so cool. I think you, you hit the aspirational goal of what a DSO could be. A, yeah. a fertile ground for cross-pollination of ideas, sharing best practices. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's our common frailties that bring us most together and, and the organizations mm -hmm. that are having pain points, they're all the same freaking 20 pain points. Exactly. I promise you, Carolina's yeah. dentist, ADS. Or, and, uh, I love uh, this. I love and, this And, and so STG, much. we all, we have the same, the big, the top 10 pain points are all the same for all of us. 100%. Yeah. So that's what I mean. And that's Ritz Carlton figured that out too. Ritz Carlton yep. says we have a person, we have a demographic that wants a nicer experience than Motel 8. Yep. And we're going to, we're going to create an environment that enlivens and enlivens the senses and gives people mission. And I mean, I was at a, I was at a Ritz Carlton for four seasons last two weekends ago in Miami. And I was really looking at the people that work there. It's a really well-rated four seasons. I guess they're all pretty well-rated, but this one's exceptionally well-rated. And the people that worked there were so into the culture because they're into the culture of service. And I was talking with a guy who's from Argentina. My wife 
is like, a, is there a place, a local place that we could walk to to get like little Argentinian pastries? And the guy's like, yeah, there's one down there. And my wife's like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just eat here. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, it's just not that far. I was like, no, we'll just get a coffee here. We're going to go for a bike ride or something like that. We get back to our room an hour and a half later, and the guy had sent like a basket of Argentinian pastries, and he was lit up doing it. He's like, hey, this is Eduardo. I hope you enjoy these. I mean, I'm not talking about the customer wow. service because the customer yeah. service exists everywhere, yeah. but the esteem of people that get to work in an iconic environment, even Chick-fil-A. People are happy to work at Chick-fil-A. I was getting ready to go there. You're selling fried chicken, yeah. but I go to Chick-fil-A a lot. I got young kids, and I, yeah. I, I had my first Chick-fil-A like two years ago. That's yeah. probably the reason why I'm getting, getting a little bit out of shape. But the people that work there are so proud. It's just yeah. fried chicken, and not really. it's not good for you, but yeah. yet they have such esteem. And if you think about the people that work at Carolines, Dennis, or ADS – or even my organization, we're actually doing really good for people. We're not selling a saturated fat product that's actually bad for you. We're selling right. good for you. Correct. So it, you get it. That's yeah. actually, so I actually had one of my employees who doesn't like change, who's been with me forever. She's like, <laughs> another location? She's like, why? And I said to her, I said, look, because of all the things you mentioned, Clifton, like the patient experience, the best practices, the, you know, the excellent clinical care, I was like, it's our duty. It exactly. literally is the duty yeah. to expand because in a world where there are people who have um, nefarious missions or let's just say like nothing, I was like, it is, it is our duty profit to expand. Profit over patients. Yeah. If, if profit, mission over is profit over patients. Yeah. So that's what I told so, her. It's like, it's our duty. It, it would be, it would be selfish of us to stop and put the brakes on because we know we have a superior mission. And well, so that's, that's a clear why to Pete. Like when we're at the summit, we have all these people coming up to me. One's like, I want to open up five locations. Well, why? Well, what do you mean? Why? Well, I want to sell it. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do then? Well, I'm, you know, whatever the, the, you can hear very quickly when their mission starts talking about, I want to get 10, I want to pump it up and dump it. I want to pump and dump it. Right. Or I, I talked to another, I talked to another, yeah, pump and dump. That's not what you're thinking. Um, <laughs> We've all so, been through. No, that. I mean, that's, that's in stocks. That's in, that's in crypto. And that's also in breastfeeding. You're right. Exactly. Right. I get, it is. I get it. right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Getting out of the way. <laughs> Um, I was thinking something different, but we won't go there. And then there's another, then there's another mission. I had this other young lady came up to me and was like, I want to open up another location. And I was ready to like find out what our why is. So I'm like, well, why? And she said the exact why that you said, Pete, I grew up in this town. I love this town. Um, you know, there's not a lot of really quality dentistry here and I just need patients deserve another location of us. We want to help those patients. So again, arrows pointing out, I'm going to yeah. capitalize on that like, little saying not arrows pointing in and that's a mission that's sustainable. And if you can, yeah, get- we always, we always preach. So our, our whole new patient experience is built around the concept that, that our patients are going to forget what we said, but they're never going to forget the way that we make them feel mm-hmm. and creating that feeling, creating that just experience, that wow factor, that Ritz Carlton type setup. Again, are we perfect? Hell no, but it's our duty to be able to say, Hey, if we have the resources and the business acumen and now the investment, to be able to do it, why the hell are we not going to do it? You know, let's talk do- about you. You actually, I remember you telling me that you walk the the, the doctor goes out and gets their patient. Correct? Yeah. You, yeah. Tell so me that work, um, our, you know, one of my mentors. You know, again, I, yeah, I, I think the three of us and many of us on this that are uh, listening, it's all about resources and mentorship. And one of my great cl- clinical and um, dentist mentors is Dr. Paul Homley with his case acceptance oh, program. Yeah. So He's making it easy for patients. Legend. Yeah. The best I've ever, best I've ever been in dentistry, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. In terms of verbiage and just, yes, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. I'm glad to Greg, hear you he's, say that. The, he's the OG of like amazing awesome. patient Never benefited verbiage. Oh, no, he's amazing. He's, yeah. <laughs> unreal. And he's Let's actually get him on a podcast. 
Yeah, I'd love to. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely should. But he um, he's even got speaking programs, and that's actually how I got into the whole Invisalign thing. Is went I actually went through a speaking program, and uh, I was like, wow, this is like this is great because it's helping me professionally from that leadership perspective. But Paul's program um, and book, uh, he's got a learning management system that that we work together. I've done a lot of betas for him, and really, you know, we co collaborate on a lot of stuff. But his whole thing is about you know the the meet and greet creating that wow experience to where that patient, you know, literally at six, five, I'll walk on to the waiting room and I'll never forget the first time I did it. I walked out and, you know, the waiting room's full and they're looking at me and they're like, Oh my gosh, Dr. Cameron, Ooh, that patient must've not have paid their bill. Big man's out here. Right. Like, Oh Lord, they're in trouble. But no, it was literally just like, Hey, how are you? I'm Clifton. Listen, I'm going to be your dentist today. Thank you so much for choosing us. Listen, I can't wait to get to meet you. Come on back. Follow me. And we sit down in a non-clinical area for about five minutes. And again, like I want to hear what's important to them before I tell them what's important to me or my hygienist six point probes them on every tooth. And they're sitting there an hour later wondering like, why? I just want to fix this one tooth for this wedding this weekend. I'll come back for everything else. Or maybe they, they uh, want everything done today. But again, it's giving that patient that feeling of being heard and understood which creates those raving fans. And again, they're going to come back, right? Life's going to get in the way, but when it does open up for them and we've treatment planned a $20,000 treatment plan or an Invisalign case for malocclusion, they're not going to go down that rabbit hole of Smile Direct Club or these DIYs or all these things that are coming in because they're going to know that, hey, I had the awareness and now I have the responsibility to talk to you in a way that created this influential experience and they're mine for life, right? So that's, that's also a rewarding effect. I love this. And the funny it. thing is, is the people that get it wrong, you know, the dialogue of the people that get it wrong, make it all about the patient. You know, I'm on Facebook chat rooms like we all are. Like, oh, freaking. No, I'm not any of those, Craig. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm exposed to people that are, you know, coming <laughs> to me and saying, oh, you know how patients are. And this is the way, you know, patients don't care. And knowing as soon as you start commoditizing the patient and treating them like they're the enemy, that's your demise. So the right. language you're using when you're like, you know how patients are and people don't give a crap and right. you know, the whole industry is going, that, that thought is the precursor to your failure. Right, exactly. Yeah, so no, it's, once, it's kind of like- you start a, catching yourself like that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, I've, I was on another one of your podcasts, you were, yeah, it, was, it was funny, right? I mean, it's, it's so easy to talk about millennials and be like, oh, they're stuck in their parents' basement. They're never gonna get out. But yet 100% of the dentists inside Carolina's Dentist, which is 54 docs, I'm the oldest doc at age 40. So we have a company of millennial docs, right? So wow. you have a choice. Are you going to bash them and say, do they live in the basement? Or are you going to tap in and truly give them their purpose and their why and get them on the boat all rowing in the same direction? So you're exactly right. Patients are our fuel. Our docs, our leaders are our fuel. So let's create something unique for them that can change the marketplace. Craig, can I just point out something that I've loved? He's referenced two of our previous podcasts. So not only is he like just a badass, but he's been listening to our shit, which he just didn't oh, gloss yeah. over. Dude, I love awesome, that, dude. So good. So and good. you were doing it, obviously, before. Uh, I just think that's, that's awesome. A, that's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. What did you, were you listening before we met in Miami or? Yeah, no. So I was, and that was the cool thing is that. Oh, that's awesome. It was so funny because like you and I were sitting right there and I was listening to your conversation about DSD with one of the other faculty and I'm sitting there and I kept looking at the nameplate. I was like, God, I know the name. I was like, I, write, I was like, this guy's, 
freaking like the only dresser that's better than me in this room right now was Craig, right? So <laughs> thank you, Banana Republic. <laughs> so, so, so I knew this guy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, all right, hold on, I gotta have my opportunity to chat with him. And then all of a sudden, I was like, you're you, 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 you. That was awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, we were having so much fun too. I just like took off my educator hat that day. Exactly. We, were just, we were laughing our asses off. I don't even know. I mean, you're trapped up in a room for like ten hours. Everything becomes funny. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Kristen, awesome. Man. What's uh, what's the next five years look like for you? Yeah, great question. You know, I think um, I think for us, you know, we are. It's, the whole idea, like the, this whole shiny penny concept. And I know I'm, you know, a absolute king at that as a true visionary at heart. Certainly I've played, you know, the integrator role, both Eric and I did early on in chapter one. Now in chapter two, true visionary. Um, I've really rebuilt my leadership team over the past six months in preparation of kind of hitting the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a different world now, right? So we have certain horizons and certain goals that we need to hit. And we're opening instead of one a year, we're opening three a year, maybe even four a year, right? So here we go. So I'm developing new muscles. I'm in the gym. Um, I'm, you know, hanging out and digging in even deeper with my mentors like Dan Sullivan and Peter Diamandis, you know, with AC A360 and all of the above, because I know that I'm not going to give up this balance with my family that I've created in order to, you know, hit this new horizon. So that's the first step. Are you in A360? So I'm, so I'm in strategic coach. So I'm not in A360. With Dan Sullivan. One of the, yeah, I have been uh, in one of the summits before. Um, that's another question I get a lot is like, you know, what are your resources? Probably my top two are EOS um, Traction by Gino Wigman. That's the operating platform for the company. We're actually taking that up into the Virginia group, which is like really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's that kind of big picture. That's how we operate. And then personally, coach keeps me grounded, right? Through Dan Sullivan and um, which is kind of like a mastermind. You know, yeah, Dan, you got Dan's it. Yeah. My, yeah. my coach is a guy named Lee Brower, who's, 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 who's just an absolute sage of, you know, wisdom and badassness. So um, but yeah, back, back to that point. First, I wanted to make sure that, hey, I wasn't going to give up on this entrepreneurial time system on making sure that I have time for my kids. And the second piece was is then to say, okay, I've committed to this level of growth and impact. Now, how are we going to execute it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it's, you know, to, to me, it's saying, all right, here we go. And being able to execute for my doctors when we were, you know, just, just went through this process was really cool. So again, the arrows are pointing out, I'm not the only owner in this company. I've got multiple doctor owners. I've, I've got millennial doctors who were invested with six figures um, of their own hard cash. And it's so cool because now I'm watching my next five years is a transition from an employee mindset to an ownership mindset of all of my doctors in this organization. Um, and, that's really, really cool. So your primary role is going to be literally curating, being the leader that curates other leaders. You got it. That's got it. it. Everything's the primary job of a leader is to grow their leaders. That's it. That's a Maxwell quote. You got it. Leader's job is to grow their leaders. So um, you're not, obviously you're not clinical anymore, right Clifton? I'm not. No. Okay. I just just wanted to make sure we didn't talk about that at all. What do you, what do you, what's your day? What's your week schedule? Like like, let's rewind. Cause I I know with the merger now and uh, Alpine, it's going to be a little bit more in flux, but go back three, three, four or six months ago. What was the average week for you? What, what did it look like? What, what were the different, what would you, what were you doing? Yeah. So it was, you know, I have a schedule to where my goal is to get into 
um, every practice every other week. So I was on the road a ton and, you know, getting in coaching, um, you know, implementing new systems. Rolling can you, out get, can you get granular with what coaching looks like it's, for selfish reasons? I want to know, like you walk in a yep. new practice, you get a doc that's there. What's your, yep. you, you walk in, you, you talk to me. Yeah. So we do uh, once a quarter. Um, I used to sit down with every doctor. Now I sit down with our partner and owner doctors, and then they sit down with their doctors. But um, we do something called a strategic focuser. And so essentially it's, all right, hey, what are the top three things that we want to talk about today? And we do this once a quarter. And so we build a quarterly plan to say, all right, now first, here are the top three things that you want to talk about today. Now I'm going to challenge you little concept from coach called gap and gain. So let's celebrate some successes from the last 90 days. What have you done? What is, what has worked really well? Then we identify barriers. And then ultimately we just kind of have a quick little round table of, you know, Hey, what's aspirational, anything personal, professional, financial, whatever. And so that becomes our roadmap. And so we're, we're really diligent about laying that out and then that gets recorded and we keep referencing it every quarter that actually comes in. So when I'm in the offices on a bi on a biweekly setup, I can reference that. I can not reference that. I, I can be culture champion. I can say, hey, we got a little challenge here, or hey, numbers are off or numbers are on. So it's a combination of praise and recognition, but also accountability mm -hmm. to be able to say, okay, look, I recognize some things are off here, whether it's you or your team. What tools do you need to coach or redirect or move forward? And guess what? I don't have them all. And so I don't have all the tools. So sometimes I'm like, hey, people team, get in here. We got a challenge. We, we got this. We got that. Or maybe it's, um, you know, a CE that this doc wants, wants to take and I have never heard of it. Then I'll, you know, engage the other doctor group and we'll kind of get things rolling that way. What's a bare minimum of collections or productivity that you like to see out of a doctor like do you ever you ever had a situation where your coaching is um not effective enough and your your doc is not flour your doctor is not flourishing like what's where do you cut it yeah yeah so our goal is that all of our docs are one million dollar producers we call those providers of distinction mm -hmm. and um this past year we actually had our first two um, on a gross production level, uh, our first two $2 million producers inside the organization, which was, you know, really, really cool. And in my peak, I was one six, one seven, collecting about one, three and a half, somewhere in that kind of range. Um, and that's on three days a week, seven to seven. And so, you know, all of our docs work three days a week. That's another unique millennial factor. Hmm. So we have um, those extended hours. And so they're cranking, rolling, three days a week, 33 clinical hours a week, but they also have that flexibility for that fourth day. If they want that big case, um, that non-distracted from hygiene that they want to rock and roll and kind of come in. So on average, I'd say they probably end up working 3.2 or 3.5 days per week. And, and um, it's a 12 to 12. It's, it's a, uh, well, 33 yeah. hours. So it's 11 hour days. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Hour for lunch. So is that the same with the support team around the doc? Meaning so all no, of your um, hygiene? Yes. So we have, we have care teams. So essentially inside the offices, offices are 10 to 14 operatories each. Um, we, we really love patient continuity, but of course we're, we're going to get it 80% of the time. Our patients know that we're open Monday through Saturday, seven to seven, not, Every office is open on Saturday till seven, but, um, but they know they're there, but they also know their doctor, their team is going to be there on these days. Mm -hmm. So if they have an emergency, at least we're open. Right. Yeah. So, 
Um, so each doctor has two assistants, two hygienists. It's a little crazy rule in North Carolina. We can only have two docs, two hygienists per one doctor. So that does so weird. That. Yeah, I know. And we can't do anesthesia either on the hygiene side, which slows us down, but we'll get there eventually. But, um, but from that perspective, that's that, that's that care team that's able to kind of carry through and maintain that level of continuity. And through that, our goal is, again, we're, we're super transparent with our numbers that we want to see you kind of lift up. And to your point, Craig, we've had doctors that have lifted up in 90 days. We've had doctors that have lifted up in nine months. Sometimes it's our fault because we didn't establish the resources or we didn't have the team there in, in time or it was a you know slow to launch on our end. Other times it's the doctors just need more handholding, more touching, more leadership development. Um, and that's that CE pathway that really kind of nudges along. But I think once you create that culture, all of a sudden it's like you start looking around and okay, they're doing this, they're doing that. It's a rising doing, tide. You, know? you got it. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's like, and we've also had docs that kind of came in and just didn't fit. Gosh, they passed every single bar through the interview and cultural <laughs> process. And some people just self-select out when they're like, whoa, this really is not for me. Um, but I mean, you know, we're doing Serac and root canal build up and crowns and all that. And, you know, some docs are just, I prefer a root canal build up and crown to be in six appointments. Well, it, you know, I don't think your patient does. So maybe that, maybe you're not a fit for us. Right. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Do you guys, uh, and again, part of my ignorance on this, but do you, are you on any CE circuit teaching stuff beyond, uh, the Invisalign stuff that you do? You know, but I'm, I'm not, um, you know, I had to, certainly I've had the honor of, of being asked and, you know, been on a couple of local boards and bank and all, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, really had to claim my calendar before someone else did. You know, I was just, you know, there you I, go. I think it's, uh, I, you know, that's one of my kind of mantras is to say, hey, here it is. And for me, the, the Invisalign setup is great just with the 3D digital pathway. And I think it's a great org that um, gives you and I, Craig, the opportunity to look under the sheets of a $20 billion company. So, um, definitely, definitely garner a lot from that, but also it's, uh, that's, that's, that's a piece of my professional development as well. As I continue to try to elevate my game to keep up with a really fast changing marketplace. I love that you just, I want to touch on that real quick is that you, you, if, if I don't take control of my calendar, someone else will. And yep. that is the thing as, as, as entrepreneurs, as you get more and more, people want more of your time. And it's the, it's the, it's the only scarce thing you have. So like I have a saying that I have a mastermind group of men that's kind of say, we have a saying, if it's not a hell yes, it has to be a hell no. Like, so you, I'm sure you get asked for all these things. Can you take this meeting? Can you do this? And sometimes you're like, oh, I don't really want to. Yep. So if it's not a hell yes, you just have to say, I'm sorry, I just can't at this point. Right. I can't be on yeah. this committee. I can't do because, because honestly it takes away from your team and your yep. family who matter the most. You got it. Exactly right. Yeah. No, I love that. Literally just wrote that down. That is, that is, that is so cool. <laughs> and back to that, back to that A360, you know, set up. I mean, I love Peter because I mean, you think about, have, have y'all spent time at a Singularity University? Uh, in I, I actually no, went, Clifton, you'll love this. I actually yeah. am so, have such a man crush on Peter Diamandis and read yeah. his books abundant that I actually went and did the, um, 
the health nucleus physical that they right. literally had my genome mapped. I had, and it's a full day of me and seven doctors just yep. cause I think he is, he is light years ahead in his thinking and prosperity and all these things and everybody else. So I, I consume everything that he produces cause he's just an Oracle. I feel like. Oh yeah. No, it's phenomenal. I mean, just to, just to take, you know, adult learning theory and flip it on its head. I mean, I went to Duke university for undergrad, loved it. Great. A lot of money, but you look at it and I look at my kids and I'm like, why you know like you know i mean there are just so many changes what is that i didn't i didn't know that what the, you mentioned something human well, learning singularity theory. university no so but basically the learning he's, theory, he's, he's, demon- he's democratizing yeah. education or demonetizing yeah. education because it's so ubiquitous and free because yeah. like you know i i you know duke obviously it's a private school education right yeah. and, and you start looking at it, you're like hmm was getting 250 in debt, let's just say hypothetically that was, right, is, getting, is, yeah. is starting that before professional school, was that the best use of my, could oh, I have gotten no. this education somewhere else? Did I have to go there, right? And yeah. so I think, I think college is going to become, you know, as we, as we get more and more, you know, VR and AI and all these learning LMS systems, I think college is going to become challenged because it is a place where you want to go drink beer and, yeah. and you know, pick up chicks or, or pick up guys, whatever, whoever you're listening, yeah. or is it a place that you're truly getting an education from, right? Because you get an education now almost for free in yeah. any subject at any time. Well, look at yeah. this. Look at what we're doing right here. Well, we're I'm actually saying on. like literally, yeah. like literally no. classroom education, you can, right. you can find for free. Um, I mean, there's the Khan Academy and stuff like that, that are just like for free, anything you want to learn, you can learn. It's correct. Know, so sorry, yeah. Clifton. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm pretty, yeah. I, I love I that you, like, you audit you know. where you are, even though you've had great education. I did too. I went to UVA and like, yeah. you know, I had a good school, but I, I, I still, when people ask me about college, I'm like, eh, I'm kind of, yeah. I'm not really bullish on college. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, to me, it's that like Uber analogy. And if you think about it, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you know, transforming this and totally killed the cabbies and all that. But really think about what Uber did on a 20 minute cab ride, right? They innovated the first 15 seconds and the last 15 seconds of that whole experience. 19 Mm. minutes, 30 seconds in the middle is the exact same. You're sitting your butt in a car and driving down the street. So when you think about it, yes, that's a transformative company. Yes, it's flipped. Yes, it's got a massive valuation. But what if we as dentists and our mission and our why Let's start like doing less and obsessing more over that first 15 and that last 15 But it was really seconds. the disruption that everyone talks about is really, yeah. you just quantified it. I love that. You, the, dis- yeah. the disruption is really the, the beginning and the end. It's, it's not the, the interface. It's the, it's the, the, meat it's the is consumer. The it's the interface. And Amazon is, did the same thing. The same thing. We're all doing the same dentistry, That's the same brilliant. crown, the same root canal, the same implant, whatever. And of course, there are some things, some levers that we can pull in there, but it truly is that interface. What can we do from the leader perspective, from the experience perspective, from the Ritz-Carlton perspective, from the facility perspective to just create something totally transformative. And that's what I'm passionate about. Yeah. We need to have a series with Clifton, Craig. <laughs> yeah, my God. I, love, I know. I know. Just, uh, like one is can, not enough. I'm going to be one. I'm going to be left wanting more at the end okay. of this. <laughs> so while we got him and we're looking at his eyes, Clifton, can we get part two and part three, please? Oh, of course. Let's, let's, nice. let's go. We're claiming, we're claiming your calendar. Cause you yes. did it. Hey, that's fine. Is it a hell yes? Actually, I would actually, it a hell, hell yes. Have. It's a hell yes. Let's a do hell it. Yes. I would actually like to have a whole, like, cause obviously you know a lot about leadership, right. And stuff like that. I would love to unpack that and just spend some time on that. And, and, you know, and maybe even talking about the nuances of expansion because that seems to be the hot yeah. button and right. And like, exactly. I don't know, there's so many things we could unpack with you cause you've, you've lived life very, um, 
full in, in yeah. dentistry for sure. Like you've had a lot of experience in a short time. Yeah. Like Craig and I are like, what the hell have we been doing since 2000? Oh, you, right? like, you guys are freaking monsters. So. Well, thank you. I wasn't, I yeah. would thank you. No, but I'm no, saying that you, you compacted yeah. a lot and you, and you, and you burned the boats. And I think that there's, I think our audience, um, and I could learn a lot from you. So I, yes, we're sure. committing your hell yes yeah. calendar to making sure you come back on. Yes, That's I'll do awesome. it. I'll do it. We'll grab, uh, we'll grab Paul Homley. Make sure, make, make sure we awesome. get him on there too. With, Actually, with can Paul. you make an introduction? I don't know how to get in touch with Paul. I've thought about that before. I would yeah, no, like be, to get an intro for him. Be happy Craig, to. He is, he's a giant, he's the OG. I'm telling you, he's the OG of, edu- of, awesome. of communication. Yeah. And uh, I'm going yeah, to task you to get, I'm going to task you to get Peter on here too. Like got to do it. <laughs> Wait, if you can get Peter on here, literally. Jim <laughs> Andes? I got. Yeah. Fr- I, I don't know what I can do. With him. Really? I don't know yeah. what I can yeah. do. But if you get that, I'll, I'll probably freeze. Like the last person I had on that, I had a man crush on. I literally froze on camera. I was like, oh, geez. yeah, literally. <laughs> Patrick bet David. He's a badass too. And um, Pete was. If you I, want to reference that podcast, the first couple. It was minutes, the worst. Like, it was the worst. Remember that? Uh, um, I, I'm gonna show my age here, but remember like Miss America, or whatever. She's like, and uh, the Iraq, and uh, the children, <laughs> and uh, the education, uh, like the Iran. I was like, Pete, what the fuck is going on with you, man? I gotta, like, it, snap out of it, brother. It's weird. I don't get starstruck. And then I all of a sudden was like, oh, I love this guy. You know? <laughs> His so, eyes. So maybe maybe I won't partake in the Peter Diamandis interview. Cliff, Clifton, I'll let you be the guest host on that oh, one. Oh, beautiful. Oh, game time. Because I'm I'm Craig, Craig never falters, and I'm just, I'll be like, I'll just ruin it. So I'll uh... – right. <laughs> Well, you know, I just I, – I don't – yeah, I guess – um, I. I Patrick, but David was, he was about us. He was about but, us. Um, yeah. um, all right, muscle, Clifton, I know we got to yeah. let you go, bud. And we've, and we've kept you for an, uh, uh, almost an, an hour here. And, uh, but, but it's good. Now I don't feel like we have to kind of jam it and rest because we got more coming That's for it. you Bulletproof listeners. More, more Clifton Camlin. Hey, um, listen, I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity. Again, it's probably one of my favorite things to do is to, to storytell and um, garner resources from everyone else. So super excited about our relationship and to continue down this path, guys. This has been awesome. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, likewise, stuff. Clifton. You're a freaking badass. I, I love the fact that, you know, that there's so much more. I mean, I would have been tuned out of this thing if it was just all about the business because yeah. business without meaning is, is nothing. And uh, the meaning that you have and the struggles and the depth that you've explored are are so cool man it's it's so cool and it's 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 really a great story and i'm so proud that you uh get to share that with our audience appreciate it guys all right everybody thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time see ya all right thanks for listening to another episode of the bulletproof dental practice podcast if you got any value or insight from today's episode we're going to ask for your help first review us on itunes It creates awareness, helps others find us, and it literally takes like five seconds. Second, if you want to stay in touch with announcements and updates, text the word BULLETPROOF to 33777. That's 33777. We promise not to bombard you with any spam text. And lastly, you can find our book, including the new Audible version that Dr. Craig Spodak spent three days in studio producing, all on Amazon. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day.